0: In the Bible, we see certain instruction given at certain places based on phases of of life. For example, if you consider Titus chapter 2, we've been studying that in our auditorium class on Sunday morning, Paul writes to Titus and gives him instruction that is to be passed on to older men, older women, and younger men. In our Wednesday night class, we've been studying 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. We're still in 1st John, and we'll be coming up this Wednesday night, chapter 2, verses 12 through 14, where John writes to those who are younger men, to, to fathers, and then even to those who are younger than younger men, children. So, it's it's not a stretch then to say that in, in the Scriptures there is revelation that is unique or specific to certain time in life. And that's not to say at the same time that the, the Word of God isn't relevant or appropriate or applicable to us at any time of life. But I can't help but be uh, impressed, I guess I would say, that... That God in his infinite wisdom and in the revelation of his mind acknowledges the fact that at certain times of life there are certain things that we need to hear perhaps more than at other times of life. So that's going to serve as the premise of, of today's lesson. In Psalm chapter 119 and verse 105, the psalmist wrote that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I like the, the terminology there because what that says is, as I make my way through life, I'm going to need some guidance. Uh, there is a path that is set before me. And, and I, I put my foot on that path early on. And then I begin this journey that is going to ultimately end at the end of my life. And all along the way, there's going to be darkness. Darkness. And there's going to be the, the potential to stumble and to maybe lose my way. But there's also this light, There's this lamp that God has given me in His Word that's going to bring me back and help me to stay where I need to be. The Bible is described in 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It's, it's the result of this divine power of God that has has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So everything I need to know about life. There may be some value to reading literature and and books of wisdom that are outside of of the scriptures. But the only book that I really need is the book of life. It's, It's the word of God. And regardless of where I'm at in my life, it's not going to fail me. If I will just come back to it, whenever I'm faced with a decision, whenever I'm faced with a challenge that is specific to this particular phase of my life, if I'll just come back to the book, then then I'll find what I need to take the next step. In the days of youth, what is important? Well, a lot of things are important. But I would say above all else, just remember, remember God. There's a lot about being religious that's going to come with your understanding in time. With with study of the Scriptures, there's a lot that you're going to come to know that you don't know initially, but something that everyone can know regardless of of age is, is what the Bible teaches us from the very outset, and that is that we were created in the image of God. And as I begin to make my journey through life, I just need to never forget, I need to never forget God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, the wise man, the preacher, writes, Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. And follow the impulses of your heart and and the desires of your eyes. And he's obviously not giving us license to do whatever we would choose to do. You read the book of Ecclesiastes. You read the word of God and you know that we have to live life within certain parameters. But at the same time, when you're young, if it's right, do it. If it's good, live it. Yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. Never take yourself Out of the eyes of God. Always know that that there are so many good things that you can be doing with your time. So many good things that you can be doing with your energy. But never forget. You don't know when your life is going to end. This may be the last phase for you. You you may never move beyond the days of you. So remember that God is going to bring you to judgment for all these things. Remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain from your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. See your life for what it is at this place. It's going. There's going to be a time when when this, these little things that you're complaining about are really going to be big things. And you're going to look back and you're going to see that that really was... A very small thing in my life. I was sweating about all the small stuff when I should not have been. I should have been putting grief and anger away from my heart and I should have been doing things that were bringing joy to my life and joy to the lives of others. Remember also, verse 1, your creator. We'll get back to that. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. The psalmist has much to say about this, this path that God has set before us, this, this lamp and this, this light that he has given us. And I want you to listen closely, those of you who find yourself in the days of you, to these words. Psalm chapter 119, beginning at verse 9. Listen closely. And this entire chapter really is about the word of God. But the question is raised, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. And then he expresses what's in his heart. And may this be found in your heart. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Open your mind and your heart up to the truths that are found in God's word. With my lips I have told all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Why? Because it's a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. And what I need to remember in the days of my youth is is God. I need to remember my, my creator. In this same chapter, in verse 98, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. You see, what God's Word can do for you is it can move you forward. It can move you ahead. It can give you insight that those who are older than you do not have. You may be 18 years old and and you're studying the Bible or 16 or 15 or, or 10 or 11. There are people in this world that are five and six times your age who have never even cracked the book. Well, you can know more than them. You can be wiser than them by virtue of the fact that you have committed yourself to some knowledge and understanding of the truth. In the days of you, remember God. But then we move into young adulthood. And now it's decision time. Late, late teens, early 20s, maybe on into the early 30s. We're making a lot of decisions. Are we gonna go to college? Or are we gonna go to work? We're we gonna get married, who are we gonna marry? Are we gonna have kids soon? We're we gonna have kids later. Are we gonna have kids? Are we gonna buy a house? What kind of house are we gonna buy? Do I need to change jobs? Do I need to change career? So many decisions are made during young adulthood. So how do we know? How do we know what's the best decision? Well, the Bible may not have a specific answer to every question that is going to come before you. But the Bible can guide you in the decision-making process simply by making certain commitments. And then you'll know what the right thing is if you'll just be committed to certain things. For example, in Joshua chapter 24, the Israelites prior to their entrance into the promised land, actually as they were reviewing their history, Joshua says certain things to them. And this is what he says. Now, therefore, verse 14 of Joshua chapter 24, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Whatever the decision is, is it consistent with showing reverence and respect and honor for God? And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Is it going to enable you to more effectively serve God? Or is it going to stand as a barrier between you and that service? If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you can make that commitment, decisions in life are going to be much easier. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That will help you to decide whether this job is the best job, whether this promotion is the best promotion, whether this move is the best move, whether this person is the one that I ought to marry, whether this person is not going to be good for me. Just commit to doing that which is is right. And, And with that commitment, always live in a manner which is consistent with your profession of faith. Of all the things that you can lose in life, the thing that's going to cost you the most if you lose it is your faith. You lose your faith, and you lose everything that really matters. You walk away from God, you walk away from Him in young adulthood and this is when many of those decisions are made kids that go off to college they become unfaithful young adults marry the wrong person they become unfaithful the challenges of life come at them hard they become weak in their faith and they just walk away but you make that decision and you'll miss heaven you'll miss all there is you'll miss what is most important because Hebrews 11 verse 6 teaches us that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Never forget that. Never forget that the one who comes to God must not only believe that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who would seek him. You know, sometimes we, we, we just feel the burden of life. We feel it hard. We feel it heavy. Had excellent comments in Bible class this morning, especially going back into the days of youth about some of the challenges that are, are facing young disciples today and how we need to be giving consideration to all men, but we especially need to be giving consideration to them. We need to be considerate and not inconsiderate. We need to think of them and not so much think of our situation. But when life comes at you hard and you're in those early years of life, your faith is going to be greatly, greatly tested. I love Hebrews 11, the latter part, because he goes into this this entire list of persons about whom we can read in the Old Testament who lived and died by their faith. What more shall I say verse 32 Hebrews 11 for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms. Listen to this, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection." And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about the sh- in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. And then God says, men of whom the world was not worthy. You know, sometimes we. It's so easy, isn't it, to sort of throw your own little pity party? Oh, I've got it so tough. Things are so hard on me. Is it as hard as what we just read? You need to remember, if, if you hold fast your faith, then what God sees is someone of whom the world is not worthy. Don't worry about what the world thinks of you. Just worry about what God thinks. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, and all these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us they would not be made perfect. I'm a little ashamed when I read that because what that says is that they didn't know everything that I know. I'm living in the fulfillment of the promises. They were just looking at them through the eyes of faith and look at what they overcame with that faith. Therefore since we have this great cloud of witnesses, chapter 12 and verse 1 surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where his trust and faith took him. And it's where our faith will take us. When making those decisions, am I going to do God's will or not? Remember, remember don't let go of that faith. But then middle age comes along. Middle age. You know what that is, don't you? Kids in school, we're no longer just changing diapers now. We're taking them to this, that, and the other. All of these events which are so expensive. We've got that mortgage. We've got some debt. And now we're going to work and we feel absolutely trapped. Why do we feel trapped? I can't quit work. I could, work, I could walk away from a job when I was 18 because all I had to do was go home and get in that bed that mom and dad have for me. But now, now it's different. I'm, I'm the rainmaker. <laughs> I'm the one who has to be there even when I literally hate my job not that I've ever been there I just can't wait I just can't wait I'm ready for these kids to get older I- I'm ready for this to happen I'm ready for that to happen I just can't wait slow down life will go fast enough without you speeding it up Let's go back to the book of Psalms have you ever noticed the focus, the emphasis that is placed upon that by the psalmist? You know, when you read through the book of Psalms, you find expressions of praise and, and worship, and, and, and you see different writers who have such, such a closeness to God, such devotion and such, such reverence. Well, how do you get to that point in life? How do you get to that point when you're going through those middle-aged years? Well, you just remember. Remember that life is going to leave, it's going to go, it's going to pass, it's, 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 it's going to be over before you know it, and so you just, you just don't blink, because you know in the blink of an eye it's going to be gone. Psalm chapter 39, verse 4, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. It's a prayer. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you've made my, day, my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime is nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a is a mere breath. You ever feel that way? If you don't, you will. Psalm chapter ninety and verse ten. As for the days of our life, they contain seventy years. Or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Psalm chapter 103 and verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. It's hard for you to to think this way. And you know, man, this is my sermon. I've been in every phase. It's so hard to think this way, but you're going to miss this. You're going to miss this. Many of you can connect, can't you? You do miss it. We miss those kids. We miss those diapers. We miss that, that time when you get home from work and, and the kids are running through the house. Daddy, 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 daddy's home. Anybody, would you please just do that once? one? This doesn't happen anymore. You're going to miss it. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, was teaching about priorities. But then he said in Matthew 6 and verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's going in a different direction than I'm going here. But the idea is just live in the present. Don't, Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. There's enough to deal with right now. But even from a positive standpoint, just slow down live in the moment and then the sun starts to set the sun starts to set and this is not just for men it's for women too but I think it's uh, especially for men because it tends to happen to men more than it does to, to women don't let the old man in. Don't let the old man in. Can I go country music on you for a moment? Toby Keith wrote that song. Don't let the old man in. He actually wrote it. It's in the movie The Mule, Clint Eastwood. And I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan because my dad was a Clint Eastwood fan. Best cowboy I ever lived. 88 years old when he starred in that, mu- that movie. Toby Keith is now suffering from stomach cancer. He's being treated. He's just a, a skeleton, literally a skeleton of, a, of himself. He sang this song at the 2023 People's Choice Awards. You can pull that up on YouTube and watch it. If you you happen to need to cry, just just pull it up and watch. But in the song, the lyrics go like this. Don't let the old man in. I want to live me some more. Can't leave it up to him. He's knocking on my door. And I knew all of my life that someday it would end. Get up and go outside. Don't let the old man in. Many moons I've lived, my body's weathered and worn. Ask yourself how old you would be if you didn't know the day you were born. Try to love on your wife and stay close to your friends. Toast each day's sundown, but don't let the old man in when he rides up on his horse and you feel that cold bitter wind look out your window and smile don't let the old man in what does that say age is just enough toward the end of life sometimes we forget that life's not over till it's over I think about what uh, Jacob said to Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 47 and verse 9 when Joseph brought his father before Pharaoh and Pharaoh asked him how many years have you lived Jacob said the years of my sojourning are 130 few and unpleasant have been the years of my life I don't want to cast judgment on Jacob but it sounds a a little bit like he may have let the old man in In Joshua, the 14th chapter, I want you to think about an old man here who didn't let the old man in. His name was Caleb. Caleb was one of the two spies of the 12 who came back having spied out the promised land and said, let's go get it. Ken said, we can't do this. They let the old man in even before he was knocking on the door. Joshua and Caleb didn't. Fast forward, fast forward several years, and notice in Joshua 14, verse 6, the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea, that's where they were when they came back with a good report. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. I told him what I saw. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore, swore to me on that day, saying, Surely the land Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years. This is an 85-year-old man. From the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness and now behold, I am 85 years old today. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day when Moses sent me as my strength was then so my strength is now for war and for going out and and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day for you have heard on that day that Anakim were there, the giants, With great fortified cities, perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron and Caleb to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. What that says is, he took it. He not only said to Joshua, I want it, I can take it, he took it. He didn't let the old man in. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's in a Roman prison cell. He knows that life is soon to end. He describes it this way in verse 6 of 2 Timothy 4, if I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith, and in the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. Paul didn't let the old man in either. The sun is setting for some. But it's never too late. It's never too late to become a Caleb, to become a Paul, to become someone who says he's standing at the door. I'll smile, but I'm not going to let him in. Keep on fighting. Where are you at in life? The Bible has an answer. For whatever your challenge, whatever your question, whatever difficulty, whatever phase of life in which you find yourself, God's Word is a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your path. The question is will you follow? If you have not obeyed the gospel, this journey, this wonderful journey. The most exciting life that can be lived can be yours. It's exciting because of where it's going to end. If you choose to become a child of the the Father, if you remember God, if you commit to doing His will, if you just remember the brevity of life and then someday say, I'm never going to give up, it'll be worth it. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Are you willing to confess that this morning? Are you willing to repent of your sins, to be baptized, to have those sins washed away? If you're subject to that call, please come as we stand and say.